I'm at a crossroads here with the Wheel of Time, and by that I mean that I haven't quite decided how much I want to give away based on what I know from the books. In the fourth episode here, we are given three big possibilities of who might be the Dragon Reborn. I mean, we're told in episode one that it might be Rand, Perrin, Matt, or Egwene, but now we're not only having one of those four people pushed into our faces in this episode, but we're led to believe that it might be someone else entirely, either one. So on one side, folks who have never read the books will watch this episode and walk away with various theories on who might be the Dragon Reborn. On the other side, those of us who have read the books, we know who the Dragon Reborn is. Now, having said that, they have already made some pretty big changes with this story. They've, they've added some stuff and diverted a bit from what is in the books. So the questions I have at this point are, one, could we actually get a different Dragon Reborn in the show? Two, do I want to go that deep into the discussion today and spoil what might be a big reveal for those who are enjoying the show but have never read the book? And three, have I already spoiled it in a previous episode? Because I can't remember. Anyway, that's what's churning through my mind as I prepare to talk about The Wheel of Time, Episode 4, today on The Streaming Fool. Hello and welcome to The Streaming Fool, the podcast that still hasn't quite decided what to spoil and what not to spoil. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and yeah, I'm pretty messed up in the head right now. To be honest, I'm pretty sure I'm going to spoil it. I mean, I just want to talk about the episode, and if I want to talk freely, I can't really be trying to censor myself. So yeah, I feel like I'm going to spoil it. So consider that your warning now. If you've never read the books, if you have no idea based on the books who the Dragon Reborn is, and you want to spend the rest of season one of the TV show trying to guess until they, I'm assuming they're going to reveal it in season one, but if you want to remain clueless until they reveal it, then you probably shouldn't listen to the episode that I'm, 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 I'm recording right now. I mean, I don't like turning people away, but I also don't want to piss anybody off by spoiling stuff. I will, however, try to keep the spoiler to the end of the episode. I'll go through the episode. I'll do what I normally do. I'll read what Wikipedia says. I will give you my own recollection of the episode and how I felt. And then when we get to the end of that, then I will talk about who they want you to, f they want you to believe is the Dragon Reborn and who, based on the books, who is the Dragon Reborn. So it, you, you should be able to hang out until then. All right. But that's my warning. It's the last warning I'm going to give uh, until I actually do spoil it. I'll, I'll give a warning at that point as well. Anyway, like I said, we're talking about episode four of The Wheel of Time today. The episode is entitled The Dragon Reborn, which is pretty apt considering what I've been dwelling on this whole time. Uh, and it was published on Friday, November the 26th. And Wikipedia describes it like this. Moraine is healed by the Aes Sedai and shown Loghain, who is imprisoned by the continual channeling of several Aes Sedai. 
Leandrin and some Aes Sedai want to gentle Loghain, permanently severing his connection to the One Power. But Moraine believes he might be the Dragon Reborn. Egwene and Perrin travel with the Tinkers who are headed towards Tarvalon. And Egwene learns that, as part of the Way of the Leaf, they have vowed never to use violence. Rand, Matt, and Tom stay the night with a rural family. Tom tells Rand that he suspects Matt may be able to wield the One Power, as his suspicious behavior resembles that of Tom's nephew, Owen, a man who could channel, but who killed himself after being gentled by Aes Sedai. That night, the family is killed by a fade, and Tom distracts it, allowing Rand and Matt to escape. Loghain's army of followers arrive just as Loghain uses the One Power to escape his imprisonment. Karine Nagashi of the Green Aja is killed protecting Moraine and Leandrin from Loghain's attack while Lan's throat is slit. Nynaeve heals Lan and the injured Aes Sedai through a stunning display of the One Power that matches the prophecies of the Dragon Reborn. Loghain is gentled by Leandrin and the Aes Sedai. So let me first touch on... Uh, Egwene and, and Perrin, because they didn't really have a big part in this episode. Uh, yeah, they're they're traveling with the Tinkers or the traveling people. They they have a, a caravan of wagons, and uh, they are they're 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 the traveling people. And like the description said, they are pacifists. They believe in what they call the way of the leaf. When the leaf falls from the tree, it goes you know in in from from the tree to the ground, harming nothing. And eventually it, it hits the ground and then is absorbed into the earth to be taken back up by the tree and have a, a, and a, and a new leaf is grown. And so that's how they live their life. And Egwene and Perrin kind of challenge this belief. You know, what do you do if somebody tries to attack you? And they say, well, we would we would run away if we can. If we can't, then um, we're we, we have to take it. You know, they kill us. They kill us. We're not going to we're not going to harm a fellow human being. That's really about all we get from Egwene and Perrin. There's a dude with the traveling people, Aram, who seems to be hitting on Egwene quite a bit. Though at one point, he's, you know, he's very wise beyond his years because he's about her age. But at one point they're sitting there, they've all been dancing all night because that's what the traveling people do. They they sit around their fires and they play their their music and they bang on their drums and they, they dance. And Egwene was dancing with with Aram and at one point they're they're not dancing and they're sitting around the fire and he just looks at her and just immediately he's like who is this man that you are in love with that that takes your thoughts from me or something like that and it's like wow you are you are way too wise for somebody to be that young you know it's like he just knows oh she's in love i'm very poetic who is this man that 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 steals your heart from me even though i'm incredibly attractive and have a tinkle in my eye and a tinkle in my smile and women are, are drawn to me and I'm because of the way I talk and say stuff like that. But that's that's about all we get from uh, Egwene and Perrin. With uh, Rand and Matt and Tom, we get a little bit more from them. Most of this episode was taken up with, with uh, Moraine, Lan, and Nynaeve in the camp of the Aes Sedai with Loghain. But we're starting to get these hints that something is not quite right with Matt. And the first hint we get is that he, uh, the horse seems to 
the horse that he's riding seems to be really skittish and he has trouble controlling it and it seems to want to bolt a lot. And that makes me think, I feel like, I, I think in the last episode I said that Matt was a a sheep herder, like, uh, you know, a shepherd like Rand, but I almost feel like his dad is a horse trader and, and now I can't quite remember. So, but in, in the TV show, again, they're, they're a very poor family, so I'm not really sure what they do if they just kind of hang out and try to live off the kindness of others because they live in town. But they stop at this farmhouse. They had planned on sneaking in once it got dark and sneaking in and sleeping in the barn and then leaving before, you know, the sun came up so that the the family would not know that they were there. But of course, the the family knew that they were there and they, they, they confront them out in the woods with bow and arrow. And Rand convinces this family that they are, that they're, they're not there to harm them. And so the farmer lets them sleep in the barn uh, as long as they muck out the stalls. They do some work. And so Rand and Matt are doing just that. Tom is not doing any work because uh, he he apparently has revealed to the Grinwells. That's who the, the farming family is. We'll, we'll talk about them. I think what I want to try to do is, because I mentioned I didn't want these episodes to be about what is different between the books and the show, but... I, I still feel like I need to talk about that stuff. So I'll save that stuff to the end and or at the end, to the end, the end of the episode. So that'll be like the third, the 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 last uh bit of business. So if 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 you don't want to know, then you can listen to everything but the end and you'll be fine. Anyway, the family are the Grinwells, and uh Tom had apparently let them know that he was a gleeman and he would be performing for them that night, and that's how they basically pay them back for allowing them to sleep in their barn. There's a really creepy moment where Rand, uh, Matt, where Matt at one point is outside the barn by the well or something. And he's, he is uh, acting sick and he throws up out by the, the, the well or, or, or on some rocks or something. And you see the, wh- whatever it was he threw up, you can see it on his chin and you see it on the ground and it's a, like a black tar and it starts to move and it creeps back, you know, the stuff that's on his chin kind of creeps back up on his chin back into his mouth and the stuff on the the ground kind of spreads out a bit. And it's really quite creepy. And this little girl, uh, Elsie Grinwell, comes up to him and says, uh, you know, the f- food is ready, but uh, she's not supposed to be talking to him because he's a stranger. And he's really nice to her because she reminds him of, of his sisters who he's very protective of. And while he's out there talking to her, if I remember the order of things correctly, because Tom and Rand are in the barn alone. And that's when Tom tells his story. He he tells Rand that Matt's been acting suspiciously. Rand sees it himself. And uh, he Tom believes that it's because Matt can wield the one power. He reveals that he had a nephew named Owen who could also wield the one power and uh, who acted quite similarly. I, I have a really prob- really big problem with that word who acted the same as Matt has been acting, kind of a paranoia. And I believe he said the dogs would always bark at Owen. And we have the horse that seems to be really skittish around Matt. And Tom reveals that Owen could wield the one power. And that's men go mad that, you know, being able to do that because the dark one uh, corrupted the male side of the one, the true source. They go mad when they can channel. And so that's what was happening to Owen. And that's what Tom believes is happening to Matt. Uh, but he wants to, he wants to help Matt. He's not like 
we got to do something about him and we got to turn him into the Aes Sedai. He, he remembers when Owen was like this, that, that he was turned over to the Aes Sedai and they gentled him. And he tells Rand that within days, Owen kills himself just very nonchalantly at, at the fricking dinner table. He just, he eats his dinner. He wipes his mouth with his napkin. Then he pulls out his knife and he slits his throat. Like, like it was, it was nothing at all. He explains that once a man or a woman is separated from the true source, it's like uh, taking a, a part of themselves away and they, they can't live with themselves at that point anymore. And that they have to do what they can to keep Matt away from Aes Sedai. Keep an eye on him. Make sure he doesn't hurt anybody, but also keep him away from the Aes Sedai. So that was, that was their part of the episode. Uh, but again, the main part of the episode is taken up with Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve, they're in the camp with these other Aes Sedai who have captured Loghain Ablar, who is claiming to be the Dragon Reborn. Moraine wants to know if, you know, she's really, she's bloody interested to find out if he is the Dragon Reborn. And so she takes, uh, she volunteers to help shield Loghain. Uh, it takes two, There basically there are two sisters at all time shielding Loghain, which is, which is not, they haven't gentled him. They haven't removed his ability to access the true source. They're just putting a barrier between him and the true source, kind of. That's kind of the way they, that's the way I always understood it from the book. But they have a shield around him. It takes two sisters to do it. And in order to uh, not give him any advantage, when the uh, uh, one of the other Aes Sedai comes in to, you know, for her shift, she puts up a shield, so now there are three shields around Loghain before one of the other two can release there. So there's always, bare minimum, two shields around him at all time. And it it takes, uh, at all times is what I meant, not at all time. Anyway, it takes a lot of their strength and energy to keep these shields up. I think Leandrin mentions at one point that it's a lot harder to shield someone than it is to break through a shield. And Leandrin just wants to gentle him. But the Aes Sedai who is in charge, which is Corinna, she reminds Leandrin that the Amerlin seat commanded them to get Loghain and bring him back to the tower so that he can, uh, they can have a trial before they just go and, and gentle him. And uh, Leandrin apparently is just, she's, she's uh, whispering into the ears of the other Aes Sedai to try to convince them to be on her side. and. This is where we learn, you know, we get our first taste of the the politics and whatnot of, of Aes Sedai. And Leandrin even goes to talk to Nynaeve at one point. And uh, Nynaeve, I'm, I, I have to tell you, I really enjoy Nynaeve in this series, much more than, than in the book. I liked her in the book, but I, I like her a lot more in, in the TV show. She's, she's a, a much more interesting character. Uh, but Nynaeve does not trust Leandrin. Uh, right off the bat, but she wants information about Moraine. Leandrin refers to uh, the Blue Aja, which is what uh, Moraine is a part of as uh, being a little better. They're, they're like spies who, who uh, you know, think of think more of themselves than they actually are. And, and uh, you also kind of see the relationship between Nynaeve and Lan kind of uh they're, they're kind of getting to know each other a little bit more there's there's a one point where well leandrin is is talking to Nynaeve, and lan comes up and he's like hey can i join you and 
at that point, Leandrin's like, well, if, if, if you know, I'm going to leave, you know, she's, she's like, I was just leaving anyway. And she tells uh, Nynaeve that the red tent is open to all women if she wants to stay there uh, and sleep in the red tent that night. And Lan, on the other hand, it's it's kind of funny. Lan, Lan is, uh, he's a lot more talkative in the show. And uh, he he tells Nynaeve that she's welcome to come sit at their fire as long as she doesn't push anybody into it. And so that's where Nynaeve ends up spending the night is, is around the, the warder's fire. So it's like the reds there, there's one big tent for all the reds because the reds don't have uh, warders. They don't like men. Uh, the green Aja are, they uh, are the battle Aja and they tend, they can have more than one warder and they often sometimes marry their warders um, so they each have their own individual tents for each Aes Sedai and, and their warders. And then Moraine, uh, has her tent with Lan. But as far as the, I guess, social circles, almost, it's like the Aes Sedai are in their tents and the warders are sitting around the fire. And that's where Nynaeve has decided, has decided to, to spend her time and they're telling stories and, and, uh, she learns a little bit more about the Aes Sedai at this point because she, she asks them at one point, the her, Lan and the other warders, you know, so I just, I don't understand because she seems to like them. She seems to like their company, but she tells them she doesn't understand how they can serve the Aes Sedai. And they, they say, well, we don't serve the Aes Sedai. And one of the warders, uh, Karene's warder, his name is Stepan. He, uh, he starts talking about the bond between an Aes Sedai and a warder. He said, it's not like any bond between any other you know, people in, in, in society or in social circles, it's, it's stronger than the bond between mother and daughter. It's stronger than the bond between father and son. It's stronger than the bond between husband and wife. You know, it's, it's a, or, or mother and child or father and child. And it's, it's, it's a much stronger bond. And, uh, and then he, he says, do you know what Aes Sedai, what the word Aes Sedai means in, in the old tongue? And she says, no, he says the Aes Sedai or, or Aes Sedai means servants of all. So that's what the Aes Sedai are. They're this, they, they serve the world. And she says, well, then what does that make you, the warders? And Lan says, proud. And they all nod their heads. And, and uh, But one of them jokes that it also means that we're exhausted. Well, then, like, one by one, the green Aja, the, there's those sisters, there's like three or four of them. One by one, they come out of their tents to collect their warders and there's there's you know they just kind of walk over to the fire and the warder looks up and gets up and they walk away and and uh Alana that's one of the green aja she was she was a we we learned in this episode that she's a uh i guess as much of a friend to Moraine as as you can be um she was a novice at the same time that Moraine was but she's got two warders and it's very obvious that the relationship among the three of them is not just a, she's an Aes Sedai, they protect her. It's, there is a, uh, a physical relationship there as well. And it's, again, it's very obvious that the two warders um, have a physical relationship uh, between each other as well. And it's, it's just treated like it's really no big deal. I mean, there is one moment where when Alana comes over and the two of them get up and they, they all three walk away together and uh, Nynaeve says, do the three of them and uh, Stepan just kind of laughs and she kind of gets this uh, 
not really a surprised, but kind of a, uh, okay, kind of look on her face like, wow, you know, and it, and it felt like it was less about the two guys having, uh, you know, a part in that physical relationship together, uh, but more that the three of them, you know, were lovers in the nighttime at the same time. That I think it was more the fact for her, it was less about being two people. Like if it was just the two warders, she would have been like, oh, it's no big deal. But you throw a third person in the mix and she was kind of a little, uh, again, I don't want to, she wasn't shocked. It was almost like an amused surprise almost. But Lan at one point, he gets up and he goes, I, I guess I'm feeling kind of tired myself. And he goes off to Moraine's tent and Nynaeve kind of watches him. She almost looks like uh, it, it. She almost has a look of maybe regret on her face. Like she assumes that Lan and Moraine are also lovers in the nighttime. And when he does go to the, the tent, there are two beds there, but he sits down on Moraine's bed and they talk for a bit. And then she takes his hand in hers. And I don't know. I, I, I really hope that that's not the direction they're going. I don't think they are. I really don't. But I really hope it's not because of stuff we'll talk about later when we talk about the book. We'll talk about that later in the episode. But the next morning, Nynaeve is putting wood on the fire. Maybe she slept out there by the fire, we're assuming at this point. But she sees uh, Lan going off away from the camp and she follows him. And he's out. Basically, he's he's... He says it's a ritual. It's kind of like he's giving, he's, he's doing a prayer or whatnot. And so they, they kind of have this moment where then she says a little prayer in the old tongue. And he says, "Uh, I didn't know that you knew the old tongue. And she says, I don't. That's what my mom said when she hid me in the, in the cupboard or something when, when somebody attacked our village or whatnot. And he, he tells her, do you, do you want to know what it means? And he tells her that it's something that uh, the king of Manetherin and his and the queen had said to each other uh when before the big battle that we talked about in the last episode when when uh Manetherin fell way way back in the day but she at one point she says she's you are not at all what i expected and he goes he goes i'm not what what did you expect or, or she's something like that she's like you're not at all what i thought you were and he goes well what did you think i was and she says uh uh a lap dog on two legs. And he laughs and he says, well, you are exactly what I thought you were. And she says, what's that? But before he can answer the, the, the camp is attacked by the army of Loghain. So one thing they left out of the, the Wikipedia uh, description was the way that the episode opened. We get kind of a flashback when uh, Loghain and his army invaded uh, Gildan. And I know that that's, that's not how they pronounced it in the episode. I don't remember how they pronounced it in the episode, but it was, they all, they pronounced it as Gildan in the, uh, in the audiobooks, And so that's just kind of what is, um, burned into my head. I am, I'm going to also have to get used to Tarvalon because in the, in the audiobooks it was Tarvalon, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. But he, uh, his, his army is invading, Gildon and he, the, the king is making his escape. The king is wounded and Loghain catches up to the king of Gildon up on the battlements of the castle. But instead of killing the king, he heals him. Now he's having this talk with the king and he's, he says, you know, the, they, they say the dragon, uh, 
destroyed the world, but I want to, I want to bind it. You know, I want to fix it. And, uh, as, as he and the King are talking, he's hearing voices. Logan is, and you actually see it there. There's a thing that they do in the show where when they show the Aes Sedai channeling the one power, you see the flows coming from them. It's, it's a, it's a white wispy energy. And then when Logan channels, you see a bit, just a bit of that white wispy energy, but it's covered in a black smoky substance, which is the corruption that the dark one put in uh, Sidar. Well, at one point he's hearing voices. He hears the voice of a woman telling him to kill the king. And at one point uh, he also hears the voice of a man and the Sidar, the, the blackish whitish flow around him manifests into two human figures that speak to him at either, you know, on, on either side of his face, whispering in his ear, telling him to, to kill the king. But he ignores them and he heals the king and he tells them there is always room at my side for everyone, even my enemies. So when we get to this part in the episode where Logan's armies attack the camp, we, we find out that the way they took Logan was Landron says they snuck into their Logan's encampment at night and shielded him while he slept. And then a few lightning bolts being hurled around caused his army to, to scatter and run back to their homes. Uh, but in just in case Corinna put wards around the encampment to warn them if anybody approaches and sure enough, there the army of, of Logan approaches. They, they come to, to get Logan back with them in the army is the King of Gildan. Uh, the the warders and the sisters have to fight this army back, which isn't really much of an army. It might be 30 or 40 people. Uh, you don't really see too many of them, but it's a pretty nice battle. The Aes Sedai throwing the power around and exploding the ground out from under the soldiers and the warders just kicking all kinds of butt. And uh, that's when Logan he uses that moment to break out of his shield. And when he does, he knocks out Corena and Leandrin, they, those are the two Aes Sedai that were shielding him. And Moraine walks into the cave. That's they they kept him in a cave, in a cage, in a cave, uh, and then shielded by Aes Sedai. Moraine comes into the cave and she says, "Okay, uh, we only have a few minutes before they wake up. Now we can talk." And she asks him, "Why? What? How? How can you convince me? Why should I believe that you're the Dragon Reborn?" And he tells her that he hears the voices of the different dragons throughout the years, you know, cause the wheel keeps spinning people in and out. And, and whenever he channels, he hears their voices, the, the voices of previous dragons telling him how to do it right. And that's when Moraine realizes this is not the dragon reborn. And she tells him, so she says, those voices you are hearing are the voices of madness. She says, you are powerful, but your power is a trickle compared to the raging sun that will be the dragon reborn. And that's when Leandrin and Karenna wake up and the three of them try to shield Loghain, but he fights back and he fires at them solidified air, which Karenna realizes he's about to do. And so she whips up a shield, but she only places it in front of Leandrin and Moraine. And I'm not really sure what that means. If that, if that means that I don't know. I can't imagine that an Aes Sedai can't shield themselves, but she, she throws up these shields. 
these uh these black freaking shards of of uh air fly toward the three of them uh but only Karenna is struck and she dies we see her warder stepping out in the battle and Im- he immediately knows that's what the bond does he immediately realizes she's dead they all start rushing back to the cave um Alana and her warders stay out they say get to the cave we'll you know we'll hold them back so these all these these warders and these Aes Sedai rush into the cave uh by this point Leandrin and Moraine have thrown shields over Loghain he's trying to break free Steppen comes into the cave he sees Karenna they're dead on the stone floor he carries two like short-handled uh one-handed battle axes one in each hand and he he runs at Loghain leaps at him tries to cut him down with the axes he hits the shields Loghain his power seeps into the freaking axes and both axes just explode and shards of these axes fly through the cave and pierce everybody in the cave except for Nynaeve just cuts everybody down. Moraine gets the, like an entire shaft, the, the handle of an ax just right into her abdomen. A shard of the, the ax of one of the ax blades slices through Lan's throat and he falls to the ground and blood is just pouring out of his throat and Nynaeve ignores everybody else who was hurt she rushes right to to land she puts her hands over his throat try to hold the blood back but it's just squirting out and Loghain sees her and starts to approach her and she says no and then the freaking one power erupts out of her like big time and i mean it it just explodes out of her so much that it blows her braid apart the various strands of her hair are just flying you know off of her head not I mean, they're still attached. They're just flying in the air, just like it just looks so it was a really cool image. And she not only heals land, but she heals everybody else in the room except for Corinna because she's already dead. And this explosion of power is so bright that Loghain shies back from it and he says, like the raging of the sun or something like that. And then Leandrin and the other Aes Sedai are now healed and Leandrin calls out to them, link with me. And they all link their power and she gentles Loghain right there on the spot. Moraine then turns to Nynaeve and we get a close up of Nynaeve's eyes. And that's how the freaking episode ends. So, okay. So this episode has us now, basically it's telling us Matt may be the dragon reborn, uh, because he, uh, Based on what based on what Tom is saying, Matt is acting like a man who has just started to learn how to channel and is going mad. Now, something about Matt and Rand and Tom's story I actually left out. So at one point, um, Rand gets up in the middle of the night and Matt is not in the barn. And he he goes to the house and Matt is standing in the house and the farmer and his wife are on the ground and they're dead. And Matt has his back to Rand. And then we see a close up of Matt's face and he's got this black stuff coming out of his mouth, but it's creeping back up into his mouth. And Rand is like, holy crap, Matt just killed these two, these two people. Matt's holding a dagger in his hand. It's the dagger that he took from Shatter Logoth. The first time we've seen it since he took it in that second episode. 
and he points up at the the loft in 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 the in the little house and he says i see you and there's a freaking fade up there so the 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 description tells us that the fade killed these the farmer and his wife and little girl but i don't know i i almost feel like they want us to believe that maybe matt might have done it but the fade attacks and tom goes head to head with this fade and allows rand and matt to escape so here at the end of the episode, we're now starting to think, well, though maybe Matt is the one that is the Dragon Reborn. After all, Moraine told us in the very first episode that it was one of those four. Nynaeve was not included in those four people. And yet the way the episode ends, they're also wanting us to think that maybe Nynaeve is the Dragon Reborn. Well, here's the thing. Here's where the spoilers come in, folks. So if you don't want to know what the books say, go ahead and shut it off now. But in the books, Rand is the Dragon Reborn. Nynaeve is a, uh, like, the most powerful Aes Sedai uh, that has has been alive in, like, a thousand years since the Age of Legends in the book. So what happened there at the end of this episode makes sense as far as Nynaeve's character in the books. Because um, I think Lan asks Moraine at one point when she... when. He says, you know, he tells uh, Moraine that Loghain can't be the Dragon Reborn. He's too old based on the prophecy that she talked about at the in the first episode. Uh, Loghain is too old. And he asks her, is he as powerful as Egwene? So we're like, so at that point, we're like, oh, so Egwene is going to be pretty powerful. Well, in the books, she was very powerful. She was also an immensely powerful Aes Sedai, one of the most powerful that they've seen uh, since the the age of legends, but Nynaeve is way more powerful. She's the most powerful one. Um, the stuff with Matt in the story in the book uh, corresponds to what's going on with Matt in the show. He has taken this dagger from Shatter Logoth, and the the evil that was in Shatter Logoth is a part of the dagger. And because Matt took it and has it, it's crept into him. And so that's what we're seeing in this show. He he does not channel. Rand, we find out, is the Dragon Reborn, and, and he does channel. So I can see what they're trying to do in the show. They're trying to make us think it's other people. And, I mean, they got to know that a lot of the audience that's watching this show are people who read the books. So I don't know if they're, if they're just doing this just simply for the folks who, who might be watching the show that have never read the books or if they're trying to make us think those those of us that have read the books make us trying to you know second guess are they going to do exactly what they did in the books cuz obviously they've made these changes Perrin has a wife or had a wife when the show started he was never married uh when the books started that you know he, we may get into that later in the show or in in the books but he did not have a wife in Emmons Field he was the blacksmith's apprentice um Tom shows up way earlier in the books. He was in Emmons Field in the books. We don't see him until much later in the in the shows so far. And the Grinwells, this family that Rand and Matt and Tom stays with in the show, they were in the books. Elsie Grinwell was Rand's age, and she ends up becoming an Aes Sedai. So they have made some big changes, but are they making changes so big that someone other than Rand could be the Dragon Reborn? No, I don't think so. Um, but I think they're they're trying to to 
just, you know, poke us a little, those of us who have read the books. But it's, I, I kind of feel like as I'm watching these episodes, it's kind of the same when I watched uh, The Walking Dead. It's quite different from the books, from the comics, but a lot of it's still the same. So it's like every character from the the comics that are that's that's in The Walking Dead who have died, you know, I knew so-and-so was going to die because they die in the comics, but they may not die at the same time as they did, you know, during the same storyline in the show that they did in the comics, stuff like that. That's kind of what I'm getting out of this show based on the books. It's like we have this loose framework that we're going to go with. There are certain things that are going to have to happen, uh, but getting there is going to be a little different. And I think one of those things that's going to have to happen is that dra- that Rand is the one that's going to be the Dragon Reborn. That's I just don't see any other way around it. But again, in the books, especially that first book, practically every chapter was told from Rand's perspective. Um, so there really wasn't, you know, you kind of knew that Rand was an important character straight from the get-go because everything's told from his perspective. Whereas in the show, you know, they don't treat Rand as 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 the main character in the show, which, you know, can kind of get people guessing. Anyway, it was a wonderful episode. I really enjoyed it. Uh, can't wait for the next one on Friday, this Friday. And uh, if if you haven't noticed by now, I kept saying all last week we were going to do an episode on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, that Thursday and Friday's episodes would be Hawkeye episode one and Hawkeye episode two. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> You're going to get, uh, tomorrow you'll get episodes one and two of Hawkeye in one episode of The Streaming Fool. You know what? Crap happens. I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize. Life, I say it all the time, life is what happens when you're making other plans. Uh, I just need to, I just need to stop talking about what my plans are. So you have no expectations. That way I can't disappoint. But uh, so tomorrow you'll get episodes one and two of Hawkeye. And then Wednesday, episode three of Hawkeye will land on Disney Plus, which means you'll get Hawkeye episode three on the streaming fool on Thursday. So yeah, that's it. That's my episode, folks. I'm not going to ask you to go to Apple and rate the show. I'm not going to do that this time. Okay. I'm just going to end up saying that uh, until the next episode, my name is Steven and I am the streaming fool. Uh, It probably should have been my dog, but you know, he doesn't have thumbs, so he can't really do anything with that remote control. (laughs) That was dumb.